welcome to Beware of Spoilers, I am Adam. So, it's been kind of a busy news day the last two days, and really, it's not really a busy news day as much as it is a news day where all these fucking entertainment sites know they can get a bunch of engagement if they break down a Vanity Fair article into 30 smaller articles. I think it's like, Kathleen Kennedy says this, Kathleen Kennedy says this, Kathleen Kennedy says this. So basically, the, the entire story is Kathleen Kennedy sat down for an interview with Vanity Fair magazine, one of, you know, a, a, a forefront of journalistic integrity. Um, who, you know, they interview, they do profiles on people, they do, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and they, they sat down, sat down to do this interview um, about, you know, where is Star Wars going? What is going on with Star Wars and how are things going? And there were a few takeaways uh, from this. Um... Number one, I think that the most important thing that she said was they're going to move away from the Skywalker saga um, and, and, and be like, look, we created this giant universe and, you know, there's all of this stuff we can do. We're not going to sit here and just, you know, keep going back to the same um, incestuous well of just, you know, she didn't say it that way. I mean, I, I said it, you know, that way, but we're going to keep going back to it and keep doing the same thing over and over again. And then it's like, well, you know, we need new results. We need new things to happen. We want new stories. You're not going to get that, you know, if you do, if you just keep going back and be like, and then Luke did this and then Leia did this. Now that may seem a little bit contradictory when we have, you know, everything else happening, um, is, is kind of, you know, tangential to the Skywalker saga. I mean, at worst, like, Cassian, I think, is the most tangential. I would say Ahsoka's probably the farthest removed from the Skywalker saga because she never appeared in a movie. Well, neither did Cassian. Cassian appeared in Rogue One, but Leia was in Rogue One, and I don't know. I, those two are kind of tangential, but still, they're, they're within the confines of the main series. The High Republic is very far ahead, even though Yoda is kind of this looming figure to the High Republic, where it's like Yoda is there, just not present for the High Republic. Um, he's kind of a journeyman Jedi, I think is how they refer to him, if I remember correctly. Um, but they do need to expand out past. Like, the, the expanded universe of Star Wars was not the original trilogy, and then later the prequel trilogy, and then, like, the immediate, you know, what happened. There was a lot of other stuff that happened. There's the Jedi Mandalore Wars, the Jedi Sith War, the, um, the Old Republic. There's, you know, then there is, you know, Thrawn, which is kind of like the immediate aftermath of um, Return of the Jedi, and then they go further than that with the Yuuzhan Vong invasion and all of this other crap, and, you know... There is tons of stuff they can do and go generations and generations down the line in either direction and tell all these new stories. And I feel like that's a better way to handle it than to just be like, okay, and we're doing this now. And this is, you know, that. That said, I don't think they should have sold the High Republic the way they did. I think that was a mistake, selling the High Republic. It's like, this is the future of Star Wars. Bask in its Star Wars-ness. And then, like, it's been kind of like, if you like the books, here's some new stuff we're doing. And even so, in the books, they're not really venturing out into new territory outside of the High Republic. Like, outside of the High Republic initiative itself, it's still very much centered on um, the, the immediate, you know, times there. Like, Padme had a book come out. Actually, had a few books come out since the High Republic had started um, that were pretty good from E.K. Johnston. Um, there was also the, um, 
like the, the, the next one coming out is Brotherhood, which is about Anakin and Obi-Wan telling the story of what happened on Cato Nemoidia, which is uh, alluded to in, what's it called, it's alluded to in uh, Revenge of the Sith, but never explicitly stated as to what actually happened on Cato Nemoidia. Um, so it's like when, when you talk about not, you owe me enough because I saved your life for the 37th time, like 36th time that this is on Cato Nemoidia doesn't count. Um, and it's, it's that kind of, you know, thing that happens there, um, that, that really kind of puts us in the situation where it's like, well, we're still kind of exploring that. And then the next book with Luke, arguably the most interesting, but at the same time, most confusing is Luke and Lando trying to find Lando's daughter after she's been kidnapped by the First Order, which just leads to a whole host of fucking questions. Like, did Luke know, like... Apparently, Luke's gonna interact with o- Ochi, the uh, the assassin, or Ochi of Bastoon, the assassin who who moves Ray, which just creates a whole host of issues for the sequels. Like, how does that work, and all of that kind of cool stuff that isn't really gonna be addressed, I don't think. Um, so, looking at it that way, and looking at what we have going coming um, in the future, um, I don't think it's likely that you know this, oh, we need to get away from, you know, Luke and Leia, and, and, and all of that, is going to catch on, especially considering the next show we have is, like, another show set on fucking Tatooine for God knows how long, and it's, um, what's it called, it's, it's Obi-Wan, you know, fucking around Tatooine until he goes to fight Vader again, um, which could be good, I'm not outright shitting on the show saying it will definitely be bad, but what I am saying is that if we're sitting here and we're saying we gotta move away, well, the first time we're gonna move away from this era is the Acolyte, and then after the Acolyte, we're back to doing whatever, because then, uh, presumably, there's Cassian Season 2, presumably there's gonna be more Ahsoka, because I don't think they're gonna let Ahsoka die with one with one uh, season of a TV show. There's also that Lando show they announced, but we haven't heard any progress on since the announcement, we don't even know if Donald Glover's reprising or what they're doing there. And based on her statements about, you know, recasting, I wouldn't be surprised if if Donald Glover doesn't reprise. Um, I feel like that's kind of something they need to address and, and how they're going to do that. Because she also said, like, oh, you know, we're not going to recast these characters. You know, how they end is, you know, like, what happens, you know, these characters die with these actors, and I disagree with that. I feel like there's definitely more stories you can tell with, uh, with Luke Skywalker, um, in the aftermath of Return of the Jedi, um, and I think Sebastian Stan could play that role pretty well. Um, this weird, uncanny valley, de-aged Mark Hamill is not gonna hold up forever. I don't think that the look is gonna, you know, stay where it should, and people are gonna have, people are gonna start falling by the wayside when it comes to looking at what this looks like. Um, they're not going to be thrilled about what's been happening. So I feel like there's definitely a conversation to be had about what's going on. Um, and I feel like this is not, you know, faring well. I feel like all this talk about what's going to happen next is very much designed as we're going to see how it plays and then we're going to decide what happens next. Where it's like, you know, they're sticking, they're sticking their big toe into the water with the Acolyte and not diving too deep into it or going full-throated with it. They're going to lean in, see if people like it, and if people like it, then they'll continue. If people don't like it, guess they'll be back. Luke Skywalker. And and I feel like that's kind of a... a, a it's a 
smart business decision, but for storytelling, it's not great. It could lead to some unfulfilling things for the for the audience, um, especially if the uh, Lucasfilm bends itself to the will of the loud and not the will of the ratings, which I feel like could also happen because, I mean, just look at the sequels. Um, they they overcorrected based on quote unquote fan response, and then they ended up losing money. They they lost a lot more people on episode nine, and episode nine was awful. And they bent back too far to accommodate what happened with you know with you know the quote unquote massive fan backlash on on um, the last Jedi. It was just a, a vocal minority who was like, hey, we don't like this. And then it's like, well, we got to, you know, do that. And, and it's one of those things where it's just looking at what, what's been happening and looking at all of that, I don't think that this really bodes well for for Marvel Studio or for, for Lucasfilm. The other thing that was of note was the way she talks about being committed and how she kind of takes a pot shot at Patty Jenkins. And I feel like the issue with Solo should have taught them that this is not a good system to go with. Basically what she said was um, when you work with Lucasfilm this is not a coming and directing your done kind of situation. This is a situation where you come in, you're in the brain to thrust for, uh, trust for three, four, five years and, and you're with us beyond that. And it's like, that's not how the real world works. I'm sorry, but you know what? It, it, it's one of those things where it's like, cool, you're going to let her direct fucking Rogue Squadron, she's doing a one-off movie, she's gotta be committed to being involved for five years, what the fuck kind of bullshit is that, like, you know, she, she, she's doing a trilogy of Wonder Woman movies, so yeah, the, the expectation she's gonna be involved for longer than just the one movie is kind of understood, but if she's coming in and doing a movie, a singular movie for you, she doesn't have an expectation that she's gotta sit there and be like, okay, and then we're gonna handhold you through the rest of it, like, no, you're doing that. The issue with the with the sequel trilogy was not that you didn't have people on for the entire time, as evidenced by the fact that you're saying that Ryan Johnson is still involved, and Ryan Johnson's trilogy is still happening at some point down the line when he's done with his uh, deal at Netflix for um, Knives Out. That's not the, the problem here, because evidently, if that was the problem, then Ryan Johnson wouldn't have had input on episode 9, which if that's the allegation you're making, is that Ryan Johnson had input on episode 9, then you should have listened to him more. Um, because I can guarantee, whatever he was putting into this movie, we did not see it on screen. Because none of what he did in episode 8 carries over to episode 9. Um, and for better or for worse, you cannot sit there and say that episode 9 was better off for it. Whether you liked episode 8 or not, it would have been better if they carried on what episode 8 did and been like, fuck, they left me here. Alright, well, this is the story we have to continue on from that point. Rather than being like, nah, fuck that. Let's go back and pretend that didn't happen. So you really get a duology and a standalone. And, and it's like, okay, well, whatever. It's like, it, it's the whole thing, thing felt very petty. Um, so looking at it in that through that prism and being like, well, we got to sit here and commit. It's like, well, so what? You're going to tie up Taika? with that, so is this a confirmation that Thor, uh, Love and Thunder is his last Thor movie, which I, I guess is fine, because I, I, I think that, you know, getting a fourth Thor movie at all was beyond anyone's expectation, but the, the idea that we, we live in this world where you're excited to uproot your entire life over a fucking movie 
and, and, and like that's not how the real world works. And what it feels like more than anything else is a way to get against uh, go against prohibitions against um, what's it called against um, um, uh, non compete clauses with the WGA and the DGA, where it's like we can't say you're going to do that. And, and the idea, like, what you want fucking Kevin Feige or Chloe uh, to to give up Chloe Zhao? Like, look, say what you all about the Eternals, but the Eternals are here to stay, and they're definitely working on a sequel to the Eternals in some capacity. And Chloe Zhao is going to be involved in whatever form that takes. Because that's how Marvel does things, where it's like, if you're doing that, if you want to keep, you know, doing this, you're free to, and we will let you in, and you will do that. Like, James Gunn was very heavily involved in not just, you know, his movies, Guardians of the Galaxy, the three movies, and and the holiday special that's coming, but he was also very heavily involved in Infinity War and Endgame. And he was also involved in Love and Thunder. Because these are his characters. He created these characters, and it's kind of like he's dealing with his children in a, in a weird way. And we are going to follow, and, and he's going to follow the story he wants to follow. And these movies are going to be like, well, this is what this character would do. This is not what they would do. I created these characters in this medium. I know this is what people expect. It's kind of like, you know, quality control. And it's one of those things where it's like, so so what? So now you're expecting Chloe Zhao, if she's the one directing, to, to be doing that. Like, I, I don't think that's uh, uh, something that, you know, Kevin Feige would want to hear. Is that, like, oh, you're going to tie up my people now for this. Like, I, I would assume if that's what's happening and if the tie... Like, that's the thing. It's like, they, they said that they were putting Rogue Squadron on the, black, on the back burner. Which, for whatever reason, also indicates that this movie's not coming out in, in 2023. Which, I could have swore they vacated the time slot, but... Uh, or the, the release date slot, and then... Um, Star Trek moved into that date, but that date is just so full of bullshit, because it's not only that, but then also the, the Star Trek thing where, where Paramount was so quick to snatch up that date, they were like, okay, we're putting Star Trek 4 here, and then like Chris Pine and Zoe Saldana and and, um, and John Cho and, and Zachary Quinto were like, oh, hi, are we not involved in that, or are we involved? It's like, oh no, it's with the original cast, and they're like, great. So you made that announcement, now you're going to pay through the nose to get us back. Like, so they fucked themselves on that a little bit. And, and then we have a similar problem here where it's like, oh, so you're going to back burner the Patty Jenkins project. And the thing is, too, I think I said this when the project initially got, you know, back burnered the first time and they moved the release date. And they said, um, like, oh, well, we're going to do... Um, like, we are going to make the movie, it's just due to creative differences, Patty Jenkins is going to step back and do Wonder Woman first, and it's like, you would have thought, after all of the fucking interference that went into Thor, um, The Dark World, where Patty Jenkins had signed on to direct that movie and then backed out because of the amount of fucking fingers all over the, uh, the project that was there for, um, for, um, what's it called, for, uh, from, from, at the time, I don't think Marvel Studios had separated out yet, I think that might have been the movie that caused the separation of Marvel Studios into, you know, what was it, into, uh, Marvel Entertainment to split off Marvel Studios into its own sub-studio of the Walt Disney Company, but, like, you would have thought that would have been like, don't fuck with her, let her do her thing, you hired her to do a job, she knows what she's doing, you hired her because she's already had blockbusters for that. And I can guarantee, because they did this before with Lord and Miller, they did this before with with Colin Trevorrow, where it's like, they're not operating in the system that they want. It's not a sporting event, 
where it's like, oh, so this person's not going to operate in the system we have, so we're going to get rid of them. It's like, well, you got to let them do their thing. You hire them to do their thing. Let them do their thing. So, like, I can guarantee what happened was they hired Patty Jenkins before, um, what's it called? They announced that Rogue Squadron was going to be the next movie before the release of Wonder Woman 1984. Then Wonder Woman 1984 comes out, underperforms, not just at the box office, but with critics and fans, and then they're like, oh, shit, we got to crack down now. Because the same fucking thing happened to Lord and Miller. Because I believe Lord and Miller still had their fingers all over, um, what's it called? Still had their fingers all over some, what was the other movie that came out? 22 Jump Street? And then they started to crack down, and Lord and Miller were like, fine, fuck this, we're leaving. And then the same thing also happened with Colin Trevorrow. Where Trevorrow got fired um, after the failure of, fuck, what was the movie um, that came out with Harrison Ford? Um, but it's not regarding Henry. I keep thinking it's regarding Henry. But he had a movie that came out, The Book of Everything, or maybe that. No, that's from Stanley, the the TV show on Disney Channel. Anyway, regardless, he had a movie that came out between, um, what's it called? Between the um, the Jurassic World movies, and he got fired from, or maybe it may have even been Dominion that got him fired. Not Dominion. It may, it may have been Fallen Kingdom that got him fired. But he was fired. Um, between those, and it's like, well, just let him do his thing. And by all accounts, if you read the script for, um, what's it called? For, um, for Duel of the Fates, which was a, the original title for Trevorrow's script, and the script did get leaked. And you can read the script online, I read it. The script is substantially better than what happened in, um, what's it called? In, uh, in The Rise of Skywalker. And it, it fits in well, and it meshes, and it feels like a true summation to the to the entire saga, and, and it gives Finn an emotional ending to his arc, and it fits, and it's there's so much better about that movie that didn't get made. Um, so it, it's just one of those things where it's like I'm, I'm looking at this, and I'm looking at everything that that they're doing, and I'm starting to get like hesitant that. Why the fuck is there a Baby Yoda endorsement for a congressional candidate? Um, which is fitting as I'm driving, you know, and, and it's just, uh, whatever. So, I, I'm, I'm just going to put it like this. If you are a, um, if, if you are someone who, like me, was willing to, I would say, put up with a lot and, and kind of apologize for a lot of what went on at what's it called at Marvel at, at Lucasfilm um, and be like look you know a few of the movies were good at the Disney era like looking back now we can be like oh the the last um, Force Awakens was not great but Rogue One is fantastic and Solo is perfectly serviceable and then there was the other one that was you know and then you know The Last Jedi is probably the best of the five um, but you know yeah, that wasn't great, you know, The Rise of Skywalker, and, you know, but a lot of what they've done on TV was, was great, and you're willing to look the other way, and it's like, just, I think it's time for Kathy Kennedy to retire. Um, I, that's me at this point, where it's like, I think it's time to get new blood at the, at the, at the studio head level. Um, I think it's time to, to kind of be like we are moving past this era, and we are moving into whatever we're going to do in the future. I think it's time for her to re retire. I think her contract is up at the end of next year. Um, and I know that the Phantom Menace will take her retirement as uh, proof positive that her entire tenure was a failure. But I, 
I mean, look, if you're still in this job at this point and you're still looking at this and you're like, you know, I got to prove to this subsection of the fans, then I don't know what to tell you. You, you, you got to guess. You, you need to, at a certain point, step back, look at, you know, what you're doing and then um, and, and be like, it is time for me to, you know, to step back from this and retire. She's, she's in her 70s at this point. And, and, you know, she's got a good enough, like, forget golden parachute. She's got like a platinum parachute at this point like, unobtainium parachute, um, because, like, at this point, she's got so much money coming in from, like, every other movie she's ever produced, I don't think she necessarily needs the continued income from whatever nonsense is happening with, uh, what's it called, with, um, with Disney, um, or, or with Lucasfilm, I think she can just step back and be like, I'm done, I did my part, you know, whether you liked it or not, I'm done, I'm resigning, you know, or I'm, I'm not re-upping my contract, you know, that's the end of it, um, and, and let, let the people who are going to be happy about that be happy about that, just, it's time to get new blood in, I don't think Filoni is the way to go, um, and I don't think Favreau is the way to go either, um, I feel like you need to get, you need someone... I, I, I know that, like, Warner Bros. is looking for the same thing, but you need a fan. You need a fan spokesman to go out there and be like, this is what we're doing, here's the cool shit coming, get the fuck ready, strap yourself in. Like, you need the Kevin Feige type person. The person who is not just the head of the studio who can make the tough decisions about what projects to do, what projects not to do, but who's also a fan of the material and will treat the material with, with respect. I remember hearing an interview with, um, with, with, I think it was Marcus McFeely, and they were talking about... Um, I think it was on, on Fat Man Beyond, and they were talking about, um, what's it called? They were talking about the, uh, the way that, you know, Feige treats it. It's like, well, it's worked in the comics for, for generations. Why are we going to change that for the movie? It's like, we're, we're, like, the way the X-Men did it, where it's like, what? When you have to run around in spandex? Like, it's just not what sold the comics for years. It's like, why bother doing that when we can just do what works. We know it works because it's sold for this long to the point where it's got the longevity to create a movie based on it. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you need that kind of person to be like, we're going to take this seriously. We're going, as a fan, we're going to do that. And I think that, that, you know, that's the kind of thing that needs to be looked at um, at at Marvel, at um, at Lucasfilm. They need someone to do that. Um, So, uh, so yeah. So we'll wrap up there for today. Um, I think I said it was going to be a short episode, but, uh, that is, you know, what's going on, um, in the, in the world of Star Wars, and in, in the state of Lucasfilm kind of speaks that happened, um, and then also there was today's big news, uh, that according to Variety, Daredevil's coming back, I'm looking forward to that, we may talk about that tomorrow, um, but the return of Daredevil is definitely, definitely, definitely something I'm going to be exploring and looking forward to, um, so until our next episode, which will probably be the return of Daredevil, unless something catastrophic happens between now and tomorrow morning, Um, in which case it'll be whatever that is. Um, have a great rest of your week.